I care about hating the Las Vegas Aces now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not really. I, I'm not thrilled about that because I fucking love Kelsey Plum so much and I hate Kelsey Plum so much now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I guess you left one team and went to another team. Is that what's happening right now? No, she plays for Team USA and she's one of the stars of the Aces and uh, the yappiest of the of the Aces, <laughs> I would say. And she backs it up. But like, I fell in love with her game at the at the last Olympics when she was on the three x three team, um, where Steph Dolson became my favorite player in the league, and then wound up my favorite player on the Liberty because. Um, I don't want to say this in a way that's, it, there's no way to make it sound not, there's no way to make it sound complimentary that her game reminded me of me. Um, yeah, that's actually, take that, take that back right now. That sounds, that sounds yeah. very insulting. Her but ears like are kind, ringing. The kind of game that I like <laughs> to play um, and that I would have aspired to had I had any actual skill, which is screw you, get out of the way. I am throwing my ass at you. And I am getting these two points, and I am getting these boards. Kind of like Jalen Brown was doing to the Mavericks the other day. I don't know if Jalen yeah. Brown got got the ass. I know I don't got the ass. That's what. Uh, like, so, so like Julius Randle then going to the rim. <laughs> that yeah. last night. Uh, whoo! I got a drink to that, and I got a drink. <laughs> Arizona Great Bait tonight. This is Casual Die Hard Podcast. I'm Jesse from the internet. We got James from the internet here. James, how you doing? James is doing great. I'm in my uh, my Bodega Cat sweat t-shirt, tank top, you know. Mm-hmm. Gotta go work out after work. It's been a successful week on the job. The Celtics been winning. Um, the Lakers took a loss. Can't get much better than that. <laughs> like to see it. Uh, Ace also here from the internet, and Ace's cat has come into the picture uh, oh, on this audio medium. Yeah, he's uh, he loves the Knicks, so he had to like he has to interject a little bit in the conversation today. Ace, when uh, the Knicks had that sequence of blocks last night against the Nets, followed by the transition offense down the court, finishing uh, with a Jalen Brunson feed to Julius Randle for just a massive dunk. Um, in a game where it felt like uh, Julius Randle's turbo button was stuck, uh, was was the way that like just every pass was either going like through a guy's chest or into the third row, and all the dunks were being thrown down. Um, how are you feeling about uh, the New York Knickerbockers at this per- present time? I mean, they're ten and two now since the the OG Ananobi trade, so it's like on paper. I cannot be anything but thrilled at them right now. But at the same time, I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I don't know if that's just like partly the nature of being a fan of the Knicks um, or partly because they're playing for the most part sub 500 teams. 
since that stretch and they play the Nuggets tomorrow. <laughs> so I think that tomorrow I will have a better feel for the team. Um, but I feel good. Like, I feel really positive about it. Like, especially compared to, like, the rest of the dysfunction for other teams right now. If, like, the Bucks, um, for example, from yesterday, um, I can't help but feel like we're in a really good position to just get better. Like, the peak has not been met yet. So that's cool. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive in on the Bucks. Um, Real quick, ask really... a question about that. Yeah. So are, do you feel like they have, they're going to get better internally, or you mean they're going to add some players? Oh, like add. Definitely try to okay. add some players. Internally, like, I have been so happy with, like, the way the front office has moved because I don't know what they're doing. Like, I don't hear about them. Other than James Dolan doing his James Dolan disgusting things, um, <laughs> like Leon Rose, World Wide West, like, I don't hear anything about who they're talking to, what they're trying to do, players that they're talking shit about. Like, I don't hear any of that, and that's awesome. So adding players would be dope. If they don't, I'll probably be a little worried, but I I don't see how they can't, especially with, like, how much is going on in the trade market right now. Um, but yeah. I was going to say we can dive in on the Bucks, but since you mentioned the trade market, uh, we talked last week a little bit about Scary Terry. And now he's in Miami, and I don't think any of us is happy about that. Um, I'm not – it's a great pickup for Miami. Um, they're, currently oh, yeah. trailing by, <laughs> they're currently trailing by six with Scary Terry on the floor uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so, like, he helps. Uh, he definitely helps. He's going to add another score. Um, so they moved Kyle Lowry for him and a pick. Um, it's it's an offense for defense trade. Uh, Kyle Lowry was a solid defender for them and a nice ball mover. Uh, I call that he's like Al Horford. He was like the guard Al Horford, an offensive lubricant. He'll hit shots every now and then, but Kyle Lowry was just more about stop defense and making the right play. Terry Rozier is going to just score buckets. Um, I think he was averaging twenty three five and five this year. Not a great defender. At one point, he was a pretty decent defender. I think, but I think the last couple of years in uh, Charlotte kind of ruined him. So, um. I, I'll let you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think it really moves the needle as far as who's the number one, two, and mm, I mean, it might, it might push Miami squarely into that third spot, I guess, but like, I, I'm not too worried about it. How do you guys yeah. feel? I think that you're right. Like, I think it's just the fact that it was Miami that got him is what really had me a little shook it's just the fact that with Miami I feel like whenever they do make a trade that for any other team would be like really marginal it always works out for them in a way where it's like oh awesome you just went from like a first round exit or maybe a team that could push it to seven games against a higher seed to oh you might make the Eastern Conference Finals um or further because that's just how Miami operates um but I agree like Terry's was always going to be like a really solid bench pickup for a team or a solid starting pickup for a team. Um, but yeah, I would say it definitely doesn't move the needle that much. Like what it does yeah. for me is it's a, it's a trade where it's like Miami just traded for a playoff win somewhere hmm. along the line. Scary Terry is going to win them a game. 
Is it going to be like a game two or a game six? I don't know. But you know that there's a Terry Rozier game in that Miami Heat playoff run 2024. So is it going to move a needle on like what their what their ceiling is the rest of the season, the regular season? I don't I don't think so. I don't think that's why you get him. Like they know what they are. And they made it to the finals last year out of the play in. Like they know what they're playing for and yeah, they would certainly like to have a higher seating and not as hard of a road, but like you get that guy, you know, same way that like a baseball team will you know, trade for a guy that has no skill but home runs. And you know that at some point in the playoffs, that dude's going to come off the bench, hit a dinger, and the trade will be worth it. Or he'll strike out and you look like a bum. But basketball, you know, you play more minutes with, with your bench guys. Terry's going to give you a game off the bench where he gets hot. And I think that's, uh, that could be the difference between them winning and losing a series. And I think that's why you make that kind of move. And I think that's, you know, that's what that. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. That's what the heat culture thing is, is really about is being able to find those dudes who fit in and can, you know, like Gabe Vincent last year can step up in the playoffs and like give you consistent baseline, regular season, get you where you need to be. And then flows on down from Jimmy. Raise that game. Uh, so I'm going to say, uh, like, I, I look at I'm backing out a little bit. So last year they lost uh, Max Cruz. They lost Gabe Vincent. Um, now Kyle Lowry's gone. And they added Jaime Jaquez Jr., who's been amazing. And they they just brought in uh, Terry Rozier. They didn't get Dame. They didn't get Drew Holiday. They got Terry Rozier. Um, they always play above their heads. Last year in the playoffs, they did a lot of their damage without Tyler Hero, right? That's amazing. Um, but they still had to play their way into the playoffs. And they did some stuff, something that no one has ever done, with the play, even though the play-in is pretty new. But, yeah, they basically went from the eighth seed to the finals, which is in, insane. Yeah. Um, good on them. That's heat culture. Heat culture is your floor is never going to be that low. And if, if lightning strikes, your ceiling can be high. Right. And that's great. Um, I think sooner or later, though, that kind of magic kind of runs out. I think there's they're just at a kind of talent deficit outside of, you know, Bam is really good. Jimmy Butler can play like a superstar at times. Tyler Hero has proven himself, but even him, like defensively, he has issues. Duncan Robinson, same thing. Right. So when they're all clicking, it's sure. It's like, you know, lightning in a bottle. How many times do you catch lightning in a bottle? So. Terry Rozier, I agree with you. He's at one point he's gonna go supernova like one game, maybe in the playoffs, maybe a couple like a week in the regular season to win him a few games. Ultimately, though, when it comes down to it, he's he's another undersized guard. Teams are gonna attack him defensively. Um, when when Bam's off the court, everyone's gonna have a, a parade to the rim. It's all about being disciplined and playing with force, right? Because that's what heat culture is to me. Heat culture is that they play very aggressively. They play like their backs are always against the wall. And they have nothing. They're they're never scared, which is an incredible, incredible thing to have, right? You're, they're always have the tough, the biggest dog in. You know what I'm saying? They got that dog in them. They always got the toughest dog in them. But sometimes they're still a Chihuahua, no matter what. So, <laughs> still a Chihuahua. I like that. Uh, the other side of that, Kyle Lowry. Uh, you're currently wearing our our Bodega Tech 
our Bodega Cats tank. It's got the number four on it because there's four Villanova Knicks. Um, the first thought I had was, ooh, I, I would like Kyle Lowry off the bench uh, here in New York. I think that's perfect role for him at this point. Yeah, he's a Tibbs, uh, a Tibbs guy too. So I feel like I have not seen his name come up too much at all as a possibility from the uh, few like Knicks reporters that I follow, but that usually means that that is actually somebody they might pursue <laughs> if I don't see their name. So it's it's possible. I wouldn't mind Kyle Lowry on the bench. Like that's veteran leadership to the max, first of all. Second of all, he's sort of like the traditional type of like floor general that that bench really needs. Um, I worry about the defense of that second unit with him on the floor just in terms of size um, since Deuce McBride is the other guard off that bench for them. Both are really like dogs when it comes to defense though. So like, I don't know, it would just be more of a size thing than anything else, but I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at Kyle Lowry. And I think that they could probably snatch him up on the buyout market if he ends up there. That second unit needs help. Badly. While you were talking, I, I did a whole wave of emotion. Because at first I almost laughed. He's 37. But you <laughs> know what? If you're, if you're talking a small role, no, nah, you know, I'll say a small role. Right now, even this year, he's playing he's playing 28 minutes, which is probably way too much, right? So, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. You know, you've had him come off the bench for 15 minutes a game. So he can kind of conserve his energy. He's averaging eight points, four assists, and almost four rebounds. Like, that's that's actually pretty good production. Um, shoot, he's shooting the three great. Like, yeah, bring him in just to kind of, you know, run that second unit. Uh, bring him in maybe with the starters sometime to, to rest uh, Brunson. You know, just, yeah, that would be fine. I mean, honestly, even as a, as a – no, I would say as a Celtic, I would – yeah, I guess I wouldn't mind him. I don't know if he's better than Pritchard right now, right? But, you know, so, yeah, he, he's – if he gets bought out, I could see a team like Knicks could definitely use him, right? Again, he's not going to be a difference maker, but he definitely – could be a good, like, you know, set, help setting the culture, but for a young team like the Knicks. Yeah. And, and, got, uh, and you know what? He has a big caboose. So if you're talking about putting his butt on somebody, mm-hmm. there you go. He got cakes. There you go. That's that's important. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Josh Hart is out here tampering, uh, just telling Bridges, call me. Uh, so maybe we get it up to six. We'll see where we'll see where the Bodega Cats jersey lands after the trade deadline when we get uh, the casual diehard.com site uh, up and running and uh, get some pictures of this stuff up uh, out in the real world. My my Rangers uh, travel mug came today. I was excited about that. It's got like a we want the cup in the Rangers logo. So uh, all over New York and James wearing a hat. That's a Mr. Matt hat that I love uh, that I cannot uh we can't do anything Thanks. with Mr. Met because he is intellectual property. Oh, the twenty is is that the twenty fifth anniversary? So they didn't have Mr. Met in eighty six though. Is the only thing like Mr. Met was like on hiatus. Listen, my brother, new era. I don't know if you're a hat guy at all, but I'm I'm a I'm a serious hat guy. I got like almost three hundred fifty hats. I have three hundred fifty hats. So I just know that new era. This is this is authentic new era stuff here. No mm-hmm. no bootleg for me. And um, yeah, man, they allow alternate like alternate yo- logos. I might, 
I thought it was like you just said, it was alternate logos with the side patch from the era, but hey, I got this from a there's a, a spot in New York I got this from online. So don't be jealous just because you want don't 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 denigrate my I, hat, brother. I am not denigrating the hat. I am is does it say eighty what what is does it say years on that? Because that's the twenty fifth anniversary patch. It says twenty fifth anniversary since nineteen sixty two to nineteen eighty six. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the yeah that's the one that's the one in Amazing Era that's the one uh, the, yeah the patch that they wore in '86, and that is a vintage Mister Met design, classic. Uh, I'm curious. New Era, New Era does a lot of things. They put a lot of things on hats. They got those pizza hats. Here's one with the Statue of Liberty. They got all but kinds of pizza hat. Pizza hat. Like they put like a slice of pizza on the side of a Mets hat and call that a hat. Oh, oh that's, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, nonsensical things now. So I'm paying uh, attention. I just want to let you know right now that the Heat are down 14 to the Hospital Grizzlies. So, okay, wow, cool. And, it's a great day. And the date is January 24th. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> not not a date in which I am going to care about a specific Miami Heat result. Um, I'd like to see him lose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's always, always. Um, Knock on wood. Let me not get too excited because there's a good chance they come back. It's only it's early in the fourth quarter, so let me not get too excited. I'll tell you what, though, that is the, the thing that I like about Heat culture is that um, you can get on them as as a bandwagoner. Like last year, I I hate them less. I hate them intensely, um, but mostly in the context of the Knicks. Like, they are also rivals to other teams that I hate more, like the Celtics. Uh, look, and yeah, I know you want it. It's that's that's my number one hate. Like people, like they are like rivalry games last night on TNT. I was like, I didn't see the Celtics on the floor. You know what's funny about this whole rivalry I saw thing? The New no, Jersey La- Nets. no Lakers and Celtics the whole week. It's ridiculous. That right? No Lakers and Celtics sense. the whole week. Yeah, no sense. Terrible. And I know that the Celtics are also one of those teams where it's like everybody's – they're kind of everybody's rival a little bit. The Knicks are probably like, what, third on your list? Where are the Knicks um, on your list of rivals, James? Curious. So it's definitely Lakers first. Yeah. Uh, just because of recent history, Miami. Um, uh, and it's, it's almost like a – it's like a, just a uh, – Knicks are – I never consider them a rival, right? But still, you know, because they're – they're definitely right there, you know, we're close range. So not a rivalry, but it's definitely on my personal list. They're up there. I hate the Warriors too, so maybe fourth. Lakers, Warriors Heat, one. Warriors, and then probably the, maybe the Knicks. Do you yeah. diverge from Celtics? Twi- and is there like a, a divide among Celtics fans? Because they're not just a team that's popular in Boston. They're popular everywhere. Like you might have like, is there like a more national Celtics fan opinion that, that you're representing versus like, I would bet that Bostonians hate, hate the, Knicks. the Knicks a little bit more than you do. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm definitely as somebody who's not, I never lived in Boston. I, you know, I'm not really steeped in the Boston culture. I just love the Celtics and everything. They, so yeah, I'm definitely, I probably see them through a little more clear eyed view 
not so much of a like just I'm diehard, but I still like like I said, I'm I'm still not very yeah. impressed right now by everything they're doing. I love it. It's cool to win. But I don't have that feeling like, oh yeah, I think we're ready for the if the playoff started right now, I wouldn't feel great. You know what I'm saying? I, I watched them kind of melt down in the crunch time against Denver. Um, you know, I watched, uh, and I know this regular season, but I watched Tatum and Brown kind of struggle against the Houston Rockets when Houston played very aggressive defense. So I, I would love to see, and it doesn't matter, I know. No, even that doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm, maybe I'm a little more of a pessimist than an optimist when it comes to my fandom. The Rockets are weird. They're, they're a team that, uh, like, they... I looked at their record. It's a lot worse than I thought they were based on watching them play. Really? They have a bad like, record. I didn't think bad. that. They were... I, I, th- I think they're under 500 right now. Yeah. They play really hard for. They play really hard, but they play really at times very dumb because they're a young team. Yeah. Right. So that's going to yeah. come. Yeah. So I, I yeah. like they, they do play hard and like that will win them some games. And I think early on, we kind of wrapped up in the first 20 games that they were playing really well. In the first 20 games, they were like in the you know, fourth or fifth spot playoff spot. They came back down yeah, to where they are, right? Regression to the mean. And mm-hmm. um, right now they are, yeah, they're 20 and 22. They're 20 and 22. Yeah. So, so they're, they're 11th. They would be out of the plan right now. And I feel like I was, I was surprised by that. I was like, well, that looks like a at least a play-in team to me, but I guess the West is also um, a lot better than the East, where like Bulls Hawks would be a thing, and the Nets are contending, and that's just that's freaking right. Maybe the bottom of the West is better than the bottom of the East. I agree with that because like the Lakers yeah. right now are ninth, Dallas is eighth, Sacramento seventh, sure. But um, if you're talking about the top, I, I would put uh, the Bucks and the Celtics yes. and probably Philly right there with anybody in, in the West. But yeah, I, I get it. The, the West is a little deeper. And again, Houston, hey, they're only what a game back. Yeah, half a game yeah. back of that ten spot. You know, Utah's probably my bottom out here with some trades. So mm-hmm. there's a good chance still. But yeah, they're still I think a year or two away from being dangerous, especially since they're playing Jalen Green, who's disappointment is putting it lightly. I think. Mentioning Utah and trades, uh, Jordan Clarkson thoughts. I I very much wish for the Knicks to get him. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. Just because I I really don't think the Knicks are trying to give up the assets, the players that they would use in a trade this summer for a midseason trade now, like. I, I think more like a Josh Hart type trade is coming where it's like they're not giving up too, too much to get back just like a really solid rotational player. Jordan Clarkson, to me, is more than just a solid rotational player. So I think that the asking price is just going to be too much for them to to swallow, unfortunately. But he's nice. Um, Keontae George, he's been really good for Utah. I think he's been struggling a little bit the last couple of games, but... He's been keeping them afloat. Yeah. And they are a very well-coached team. Like, I could very much see them ending up with that 10 spot and losing (laughs) the play-in, but I think they could definitely get in there um, and compete a little bit. I don't think they – and this is where Danny Ainge – 
I don't know if he struggles a little bit, but he might hold on to assets just a little too long, right? Because last year they were supposed to kind of, they never bottomed out. Well, now they kind of bottomed out second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, but now they had this nice little run and they're right back in the mix again. And Danny Ames and his comp- competitive spirits will kick in. It's going to be like, oh, well, you know what? We can compete. We still got all these assets. So who knows? Maybe they don't, they don't just, you know, ship everybody off. They don't have a fire sale. And they say, you know what? Even as a rebuilding team, it's cool to um, it's cool to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So yeah, interesting to see. That's actually exactly why I was like really waiting on Cleveland to see what was going to happen with them after um, Garland went down with that injury. Um, Evan Mobley went down with injury. Was it Evan Mobley or Jared Allen? Uh, Mobley's out. Mobley. And mm-hmm. so after they both went down, like literally like minutes one after the other, I feel like I got the Woj notifications and I'm like, oh my God, like they're going to blow it up. There's no way that they could compete without those two players in their rotation. They're on an eight game winning streak right now. They're fourth Ooh. in the East, like very quietly on an eight game winning streak. No one has been talking about it. Their schedule has not been easy. So they, that that team what really surprised me. I thought that was going to be a team that was going to be on like fire sale type of time by this trade deadline, but I highly doubt it now. Yeah, you know why they won't do that though? Because I think they're still holding on to the you know grasping at straws of keeping Donovan Mitchell. And if yeah. you blow it up, Mitchell's like, all right, well, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I feel like training with Danny Ainge is always also its own. Uh, Beast, oof. yeah, Trader Danny. Like, you, you want to trade with someone dumber? Trader yeah. Danny, he 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 <laughs> will hold on to it and try to get the best. You know, if he doesn't get the best, you'll we'll hear reports all next year about people he almost traded for. <laughs> I'm as a Celtics fan, they used to annoy the hell out of me. I like, dude, either make the trade or don't, but don't not do it. And then for the next six months, oh well, we almost had, we were looking at, shut up. I'm I'm thinking though the trades that he does make, it's always like, wow, they gave up a lot. And I don't I don't ever want to be like in the wow, they gave up a lot uh category. I don't know whether yeah, whether or not it always pans out, not necessarily, but like there's a reason that like he keeps trying to bottom the jazz out and they just don't bottom out. <laughs> Cause he's too good at it. Yeah, yeah, he did the same the same with Celtics and Isaiah, right? Like that wasn't supposed to be a yeah. good team, but Isaiah, Isaiah turned into a thirty point per game scorer, and they were in the ECL. That was it's amazing. Crazy. That was at that was. Imagine if Lynn Sanity lasted a full season. That's what it was like because yeah. Isaiah Thomas was literally like destroying everybody, and at five eight five nine, it was insane. That's the most to me the most likable non KG Celtics team. Yeah. Is I'll take it. Is that <laughs> I'll take it. Um, um, I like the year when Kyrie was hurt and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown led us to the ECF with scary Terry running the point and Marcus off the bench and Marcus Smart start. Now that was my favorite team, probably. I love that team. I, I just wish Kyrie fun. just stayed away and we, you know, we just traded. My whole thing was just get rid of Kyrie and let Terry Rozier start. And everybody said I was a fool for that, but whatever. I don't think you're ever on the wrong side of history being away from Kyrie Irving. Oh, he's so, so great player. Awesome to watch. I'm so glad he's not on my team. <laughs> he might be the ultimate guy for that. 
It's like, ugh. He wasn't even on the Knicks. He was just in the city. And made everything weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, His old buddy James Harden. That was that was the most like the most relatable James Harden's ever been was when he was just like, get me out of here. I'll give him the <laughs> shot myself. And then like a couple months later, like, bye. I'm out of here. Um, what's what's up with the Clippers? They're like really good now and don't lose at home. And like Clippers Thunder might be a second round matchup because the Thunder's first in the NBA in, in the in the West right now. And like um, there's, and they're still rebuilding. They still have all of the second round picks from the. They have the entire 2027 second round. I think the Thunder. Is that's that insane. Accurate? Yeah, <laughs> it's we. They have like I think. Uh, let me look at the numbers. Ten thousand picks in the next like six mm-hmm. years. So that's that's accurate. Don't nobody fact check yeah. me on that. Um. So yeah, the Clippers, man. It's it's a case of I think talent and also obviously guys kind of maybe doing a gut check. I feel like James Harden might have done what for him a gut check and realized All right, I can't I can't fuck around. He hears what people say. He reads it. He knows how people view him now. You know what I mean? You he heard the wash talk. Um, these guys are really much on social media. We know that um, Kawhi's healthy, which is a big thing. I watched him just kind of casually bully Austin Reeves the other night. It was pretty fun. Um, Paul George doesn't have any pressure now with James Harden to take it, so he can just hoop. We know. I think Paul George is kind of a front runner to me. When things are going good, you know, or he, or no second mm. quarter, third quarter, he'll. But you know, now he has Kawhi and 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 James Harden to kind of hype him when he needs to. And Russell Westbrook, I think he did. He swallowed his ego. He realized it, and he's fully embraced that little twenty minute per. You know, when he can, he'll go off. And other than that, he's fine cheering. So, I think um, you got talent. You got size on the wings. You got a couple big centers who want to just screen and rebound. They they kind of you know they like to shoot. They probably could shoot more threes. Um, Norm Powell's just a, a microwave scorer. And, you know, they hey, since they made that trade, they had a little low, what, four games in a row, five games, and then boom, they, they're they winning ball games. So it's all about keeping Kawhi healthy for the playoffs. Yep. They've been just as fun, I think, as seeing the Phoenix Suns start to find their groove. Both teams, I think, are on, like, that same trajectory of just, like, finally starting to click and you're like oh this is what that was supposed to look like that entire time was like this just beautiful basketball being played by both of these teams um but like you said i think with injury that's like my always just in the back of my mind with the clippers and the suns because it's just like these are two teams that can very easily win the finals on paper if they cannot stay yep if they cannot stay healthy they are a very easy second round exit to me because they need that full they need the full power um because at full power they are unbeatable um yesterday i think was my first time watching a clippers game where it was after the Harden trade just because i they play so late i'm always asleep (laughs) after knicks games um but yesterday was my first time catching it and i was like this is like intense like intensely good (laughs) like there was just no way to stop even like norman powell was just running up and down the floor terrence mann i completely forgot about terrence mann still being on the clippers like they are just 
they are an incredible basketball team. I feel the same way about the Suns, but they both just have that like little asterisk next to them when it comes to the regular season. I think another asterisk would be uh, Jokic, you know, Joker, because sure, they look unbeatable, but they, no team has really solved Joker yet, right? He's the yep. he's the ultimate – right now he's the ultimate, uh, you know, level boss where you can do whatever you want, but then how are you going to solve him? So, but and- I think last time they played, um, there were two big centers. Zubak, I think, either fouled out or wasn't there, and then – Plumley wasn't around, so they got a couple bodies to throw at Joker. If you can at least contain Joker, but uh, my bad, Jesse. What were you saying? No, I, I wanted to add to that. If you if you figure Joker out somehow, like if you've got the way to stop him, I still think that that's something you can do for a game or two. Oh yeah, but not not for he's a gonna series. throw that ass and wear you out over the course <laughs> of seven. And at the same uh, time, so we see we saw it. Jamal Murray can actually operate as a superstar at times. Jamal Murray is a little bit of Jimmy Butler in him, right? Where throughout the season he's a good player, even a you know borderline All Star kind of. But then when the chips are down and like the pressure is really on, Jamal Murray has another another gear that all of a sudden he's you know going toe to toe with Steph Curry. He's all of a sudden he's going toe to toe with the best in the league. You know what I mean? It's incredible. Um, it's it's a it's amazing to have that. It's a luxury for Denver to have. Maple Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him. I respect him, but I hate him. Uh, you said something else, James, that, uh, that that just made me, and I'll throw this out there for both of you, whether this narrative space that is occupied in my head is accurate. Uh, Paul George might as well be Chris Middleton for me, mentally. Like, just they are both like – Dudes who have been on Team USA, I know they're really good. Middleton's got a ring now, um, which which is a little bit different. But, like, I know they're really good. I would trust them to take big shots. But ultimately, like, I'm not really – I've never really been sure, like, what is special about this dude. And, like, this is not a guy who I feel like changes the team that he's on. like. Makes the team better, but like just is always going to be like that number two guy to somebody who's really awesome and like ideally, ideally number three. Um, mm. and I think that maybe, maybe not mentally cut out for that, but like maybe like a two B, two A, two B kind of situation. I think that's that's what you know, Paul George kind of has, like where. If it's him, Harden, and and Kawhi, that he can think of it as one A, one B with him and Kawhi, but really it's two A, two B with him and Harden. Right. Oh, I agree with that. I agree. Kawhi is clear cut number one there. Um, I think Paul George is maybe a step above Milton only because of Middleton's injury. Right. That injury, he's starting to look better, more like himself, but he's really mm-hmm. been slowed. He hasn't been quite himself. But there was a time when Middleton was the crunch time offense for the Bucks. Right. Um, but Paul George's, um, uh, I think his, no, his athleticism, he operated as the guy in Indiana for what, four or five years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sure. He didn't take him anywhere, but he, had, you know, he, I think he had performed admirably, but yes, he's better cut out to be a number two. Um, I just like his explosive scoring. Um, if you're going to, that put him above Milton to me, but yes, both of them, neither one of them, if you, they're your best player, you're in trouble, right? You're not going to, you're probably not going to be uh, a very dangerous team. 
Um, and I, I like Middleton in the clutch a little more than I think I trust Paul George because he was inside of the backboard in the bubble. You know what I mean? But yeah, they're, they're, you know what? It's funny because um, I think Brandon Miller in Charlotte, he said it himself. He said that um, he thinks Paul George is the GOAT. A lot of young players love Paul George because his game looks like a prototypical wing, right? He's six, like almost 6'10". He has a, yeah. a beautiful jump shot. He has an athletic, smooth game. He has a little, you know, little shake and bake. Um, so young players really love Paul George, while I don't think anyone's going to emulate Chris Middleton's old man at the park game. You know what I mean? So stylistically, they're very different. But I think impact-wise, yeah. imp- impact you might have a point that they're both definitely second bananas i think chris milton's more of a third banana type guy and paul i think paul slotted pretty well as a second banana but i hear what you're saying yeah i i think for the clippers to to reach their ceiling to be to be champions Mm -hmm. i think it's got to be that that james harden is is the number you know is playing at a level where he's the two where he's scoring that way affecting the offense, making things easier for Paul George to do his thing, quite honestly. Hmm. I think if he's scoring that way and he's averaging 22 points, him being hardened, I think that means they're in trouble. Because I think that means he's probably eating up a little too many of the possessions. Right? Um, and that's just how I think when once – sure, Harden, we've seen him be in the groove where he's like dominate the ball, boom, 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 boom. And it's fun, but I think it's not best for the team because you have Paul George and Kawhi and Norm Powell they have to get shots. You know what I mean? So I think I, I – we'll see. But I think probably with if Harden's averaging 17, 16, and 10 assists, that's the better the best version of the Clippers. Yeah, I think I think – High assist Harden is the yes. ideal for him at this stage of the game. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Let's let's go to the Bucks. Uh, who, You've been wanting this for a while. Coach- let's do it. I have because uh, who's coaching them at this hour? <laughs> and who? Uh, okay. so, back apparently. <laughs> like, um, what I saw. So you guys tell me, is CNN Sport real, or is this a, is this? It a, exists. It exists. No, it, no, CNN, it exists. Yeah. But is it a real, authentic CNN account, or is it some guy who made an account called no, CNN Sport, yeah. paid for the, paid for it, the um the, the verification? Bad. No, <laughs> it, it's a real. Like I looked it up because I was also confused yesterday when Lefko was like, "Oh yeah, I could report that CNN Sports says this really big thing." I went on Twitter and yeah, it's a, it, they have the little square box and they have the yellow check mark. Like they are a real thing. I, I don't I saw know a blue who. check mark yesterday when I looked at them. Mm. They might have gotten that upgrade know. by having being on the phone to to San they Francisco. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was very wild. I was like, I have never in my days of watching inside the NBA seen them. Oh, now it's a blue check mark. What's that logo next to it, though? Is that a CNN logo? What's the, what's the it square is, box? But it's just it's a square. It's a CNN logo, but like you could, yeah. It oh, I guess to get that little that, logo, yeah, that, that means it's affiliated with CNN. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. I guess what kills me is that it says CNN Sports, but then their at is CNN Sport. I don't. That's what's throwing me off, and I'm like, why? Mm. Yes, and then their Instagram well, CNN Sport, not CNN Sports. CNN that, Sport. That makes sense for because when's the last time you saw sports on CNN? 
is it in the Twitter era or is it in the Van Earl Wright, Fred Charles? Uh, That's yes. Fred, Fred Hickman. Uh, they used to have something like NBA was, Tonight or some nonsense. Tonight. It was actually kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, like that, I, I would bet that like CNN Sports is really like their international. Like if you're at the airport in London, CNN Sport is probably doing like two minutes on soccer. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It so, was just funny because they were like, yeah, they had nothing up on their Twitter page um, nope. in relation to Doc Rivers. So, of course, I clicked on like the very first post that was there, which was like about the, I think, the Australian Open that's going on right now. I clicked mm-hmm. on it and it's like you have all the like typical random NBA player Avi accounts with like blue check marks, like announced Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers bozos like I'm like this is great I love this I love the crossover between the sports world (laughs) um it was that was very weird and then like I woke up this morning and saw they finally announced it for real for real right so I guess Doc is the coach yeah and and for real for real means there was a Woj tweet Yes. Uh, that, I, yeah. yeah. I saw. I think I saw Shams <laughs> doing a finalizing thing. Oh, thank goodness. That that to me is is as much of a shock of, as anything. Like, not not just like that. It's CNN sport. This like weird thing, but that it's anybody who's not Woj or Shams these days breaking news of of that magnitude in this league like it is usually yeah. such a and then it, like doc rivers was an espn employee did he not call anybody no <laughs> did he not turn he, in his key card he quiet quit, like, and i respect it quiet quit to go coach the milwaukee bucks I guess it's funny to me. Who was the coach they had before Adrian Griffin? Uh, what's the guy's name? Mm-hmm. No, what's his name? Uh, the, the coach before? Oh, uh, Mike Budenholzer. So the coach Bud, you know, they let him go because wasn't getting it done in the playoffs. And then they hired one of the biggest playoff. Doc Rivers that choked up like the most uh, series mm-hmm. leads in the playoff history. Um, mm-hmm. They fired a coach who had them. I think they were the second best record in the NBA at the time. 30 and 13. Yeah. And they hired Doc Rivers. So, all right. We'll see. I, I'm dumbfounded by the whole thing. There was, was there, like, I guess that there was, and I think James, you might have been tweeting about this, like, that you get the idea when Terry Stotts. Who's like Dame's dude? Handpicked by management to come be that, yeah. be, to come run the off, run the offense. Handpicked, and before the season starts, they kick and he gets into it. Adrian and even the the way he, the reason he stepped down, it sounds like Adrian Griffin was on a kind of a power trip. You know what I mean? And yeah, man, that, that was not a good sign. I, it is also. just weird on so many levels like like 40, 40 games ever, in have you ever consulted with uh with somebody try to you know help them with their relationship and then wound up uh sliding in and uh and taking their girl 
Jesus. <laughs> Doc coming in there as an informal consultant. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It really is. like It was you versus the Doc Rivers she tells you not to worry about. Wow. What the hell, man? <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. 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 For yeah, Doc it's... Rivers. Yeah. Like not even that inspiring. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna you know in that horse raspy voice, he's gonna talk about playing with force and playing harder. Um, you know, it's he's not a great X's and O's guy, but he is great handling egos. So maybe the two superstars play better. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now somebody else was tweeting about this and here's some that's it's like I maybe Dame is thirty, Dame is in his early to mid thirties. Dame is a small guard. Dame has a lot of wear and tear. He hasn't been every night Dame like we think you expect him to be. Maybe he's yeah. starting to show those signs, right? About small guards. So Well I there there should be Doc Rivers was that as you know and he played well into you know late years of his career um so he does have that aging guard experience an aging small guard experience to be able to uh maybe help out with but i think that also the comfort that he provides to dame is uh you know he's very accustomed to going out in the second round two peas in a pod baby <laughs> it's perfect i just I I love I love Dame and I really I respect everything that he's done. But this idea that he's in the commercials as CEO of Clutch Moments when, buddy, we we never saw you in late May with the Portland Trailblazers, and we did see Clyde Drexler in late May and June. Yeah, with the Portland Trailblazers. Well, it can year, be done. One year, didn't he take it to the Western Conference Finals and get cracked? Right, one year they did. He, they yeah. they got kind of lucky and made it. So my thing with Dame is he should have listened to Kevin Garnett and those guys. Right, they they always say don't hang on too long, and Dame did it for about probably three or four years too long. He probably should have. Hey man, this is enough for me. Let me get out of here a little earlier. You know, and it sucks. I, I appreciate what he did because I like the loyalty side of it, but he did. He wasted his prime on subpar teams. You know what I mean? I think the Portland Trailblazers were trying to do it on the cheap instead of just, you know, going all in for another name like the Bucks just did for Giannis, right? So, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. All right, what else, uh, what else do we have to talk about? Did we already discuss? That is. Oh. That is. Uh, I just, we, we touched on them being at the top of the West, but, like, uh, Ace, I know you're excited for for Chet versus Wemby. Yeah. Um, one of those dudes we're gonna see uh, a lot more of this year than the other, and it's uh, yeah, I it's Chet. Mm-hmm. They then and they got it built up. Like you know, we talked about all the future they have. They have those hundred thousand picks. About. Um, yeah. But the present, what? I don't know what to watch there. I know Shay's awesome. I know Chet's yeah. there. Yeah, uh, pretty the much. Last guy, yeah, who Jaylen, is it? Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. He's a. That's the guy. He, he he's going to be a future All Star. Absolutely, and he is the RJ Barrett that was promised in my eyes. Like the way he plays, that is what I thought RJ Barrett would be. 
and he never was with the Knicks. Um, he is just like his. I've always been a fan of anyone that has like dominated the art of being a mid-range shooter. So I love DeMar DeRozan for that reason. Jalen Williams is another one that I am just obsessed with everything about the way that he plays. Um, he is like that third cog in the Oklahoma City Thunder wheel that is going to push them, I think, surprisingly far in the postseason. I know they're a young team, and I know they don't have experience at that level yet, but the best way to get experience is to do it. And I think that they have that in them. I could really see them making that push because all around, they just kind of like consume teams that they play. Um, so, yeah, no, those three are just ridiculous. Um, they, they're scary. I'm very scared of them. <laughs> when they played the Knicks, I was like, I want this to be over <laughs> immediately. It, it was just it was a slaughter. Um, and then like the whole like Chet versus Wemby thing when it comes to like rookie of the year, I feel like that's like kind of controversial because it's like you can go either way, which is surprising because Wemby kind of came into this year as like the bona fide, like obvious pick for that award. But Chet has been playing at an all-star level as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that really pushes Wemby over the top for rookie of the year is like his defense has been better, I think, than Chet's. Um, but those two are just ridiculous. Um, I look forward to to watching the rest of the game after we hop off of this, but the Thunder are legit. Um, more legit to me than the Timberwolves, honestly. Oh, 100%. The depth, yeah. So I'm going to – go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, before we hop off, I, I wanted to get to the Timberwolves, but go ahead, James. I just want to pay Jalen Williams the ultimate call, uh, compliment. It sounds sound blasphemous, and I hope Celtics fans don't yell at me. He is what I think – how old is he? He's 22, which is – he's not even touching his prime. He's like if Jalen Brown cut all the extraneous fat off his game and didn't have the superstar mentality. He doesn't mess around with the ball. He's decisive. He's strong. And he has mastered the things that he masters. Um, that's one. I love Jalen, but one thing I think he tries to do a little too much sometimes. That's where the turnovers come from and the bad shooting games gets his own head. Jalen Williams knows exactly who he is, what he wants to do. He's so strong. He gets to his spots. And like you said, that memories game is spectacular. The fact that Shea and that team, Shea is a good enough st- superstar to say, Hey, I'm, I'm cooking tonight, but guess what? It's the end of the game. Jalen's going nuts. I'm getting out of the way. That team is going to go really far. And like you said, we, we're used to the hero's arc of teams where, you know, you got to lose a couple times early, then you go deep. If any team is going to buck that trend, it'll be them, right? Because they're just overwhelmingly talented. So, again, staying healthy. Uh, one thing I will say about Chet is that if you swap him a Wemby, so you put this kind of team around Wemby, you're looking at a whole different level. And I don't think Chet would perform the way Wemby's performing if you mm. put him on San Antonio. But that's a, that's, a, that's, that's a hypothetical, right? And that doesn't matter. We're talking about what actually is. And actually, Chet has been, if not, you know, maybe, like you said, the defensive impact's not the same. But he's right there with Wemby as far as, you know, being NBA ready. So, Yeah. And, you know, the Thunder been building towards some kind of future. And they also did have the advantage of knowing that, like, Chet was going to be out for all of last year. 
Wemby's in a situation where, you know, this is what Chet's year one might have looked like. So there's that. Okay. All right. That's true, I guess. I just I saw how he looked in he, yeah. I, I saw how he looked in summer league last year and he didn't look like he was ready to be an NBA player. But you know, that year off of getting NBA uh treatment, NBA training, NBA mm-hmm. protein, NBA that makes a big difference, I think. So No. Wemby in summer league looked a lot more day one ready. And I think that that's uh we'll see how it plays out in the long term, because he's he's obviously also got room to develop, and that is Talk about things that are scary. That dude, 2324, mm-hmm. is. Oh, I just hope his body holds up. Insane, um, dude. He does things with the ball sometimes. I'm like, that doesn't. Even, it looks like a video game. Doesn't even look real. Yep. And they're uh, they're pushing his uh, minutes restriction up to 30 minutes soon. So. Very exciting. Uh, um, he did not have. Enjoyable minutes last night, or not last night, earlier when they played the Sixers. Oh, uh, shout out to Joel Embiid, man. Shout That's out his... 70 against, you know, maybe he's going to have to wear that one his whole career. You were in there the night Joel Embiid scored 70. That was his welcome to the NBA moment. No matter yeah. what else we've seen from him, that was his welcome to the NBA moment. And here's a great segue because you want to talk about the Timberwolves, right? Taylor Two Cities mm-hmm. and B mm-hmm. go for 70 and they win by 10. They needed every point of it. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns goes for 62 and gets ripped by his coach in the post game about selfish <laughs> basketball. That so I've never seen that before. So take the floor, Jesse. That might have been to me the most Carl Anthony Towns thing that has ever happened. You have the night, the scoring night of your career. One in a loss, two on a night Joel Embiid scores 70. Three, it's such a preposterously bad game for your team and really for you overall that your coach publicly drags you about it and says that your points were empty calories and that it was a shameful, disgusting basketball performance overall. I think he did use the word disgusting. He did. He said this was, Mm -hmm. I think, I believe he did. So. One good for Chris Finch, but also like we were talking last week about how good good things were with the vibes of the Timberwolves and and Anthony Edwards, and you were correct about all of that. But man, this is still a team that has Carl Anthony Towns and and the coronavirus man on it. So quick update though: Carl Anthony went for twenty seven tonight, and they beat the mm-hmm. lowly Wizards, and he was plus twenty six. Good for him. All right. Even though Anthony Edwards, went for, hey, Anthony Edwards went, for, went for 38 tonight and was in, insane. So, yeah, he's. he's I, I put together man. the video last week, and by put together the video, I mean like I put James's uh, voice talking about Anthony Edwards over some clips of Anthony Edwards put on the Instagram. Um, what a joy! Just like even just looking through the clips uh, to to go with and just watching his highlights from that game uh, that I was cutting from. Just beautiful, beautiful basketball. Uh, Alright, I think that's that's all I got. You guys have any any extra spicy hot takes to bury here at the end of the episode? Um, uh, Not really a take, but the Heat just lost to the Grizzlies, which was awesome. So, at home in Miami Ooh. with Terry Rozier. So. 
That's heat culture. I can't even get too excited though, because again, they made to the to the finals from the eighth spot. So no matter what happens, you gotta. They're like they're like uh, Jason Voorhees. No matter what, they're never dead. Heat culture is losing on January twenty fourth because it ultimately does not matter. You can take a night off against the lowly Memphis Grizzlies, I suppose. James, thank you. I guess uh, we will probably not see you next week because we'll be talking a little bit of WNBA free agency, but also uh, you are around to talk basketball anytime, it seems, and uh, we might do a bonus NBA episode in there somewhere. So we will look forward to that. Ace, I will certainly look forward to um, seeing who the Liberty gets to throw that ass around. And James got the Bodega Cats four. We'll see if it's five, six, not one, not two. <laughs> Do the whole LeBron thing. We'll see how that Bodega Cats tank looks when we get it into the store. When CasualDieHard.com launches. I'm Jesse from the internet for James and Ace. Uh, that's it. Love you.